Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. My name is Trey Kaufman, and welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. The aim of the Mosaic Life Podcast is to explore happiness, what it means to us as individuals, and why so many chase it, and yet we never seem to find it. If you would like to connect with me or learn more about the podcast, you can find me on Instagram at Trey Kaufman. You can find the Mosaic Life podcast on Facebook by searching for the Mosaic Life podcast. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so in a number of different ways. First of which, pressing subscribe in your favorite podcast player to be notified when new episodes come out. And if that podcast player just happens to be Apple Podcasts, leaving a five-star review helps others just like yourselves discover the content created here and helps me continue growing. Last week, I said something very similar to this in the intro to my episode with Nathaniel J. Brown. This conversation with Emma happened at the right time in my life, and I'm hoping you find it at the right time in yours. And honestly, at this point, I find myself wondering which came first, the chicken or the egg. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It's simply great to have conversations like the one you're about to hear, not for my benefit, but for the benefit of those who need to hear it. I've spent some time recently reflecting on all that I've worked toward to build the life I want. And as I've done that, I've found myself falling into the trap of not feeling like I deserve the good things I've built in my life, or even feeling guilty for having them. Undeserving, perhaps, because part of me feels like I'm not working hard enough. Guilty, because others don't get to enjoy the same freedoms. It wasn't until sometime between recording this episode in mid-March and releasing it on April 11th that I realized everything I feel grateful for has been by design. I've designed this life very intentionally. And these conversations I'm having are with people who have unlocked that secret. And I put secret in air quotes in case you can't see me by being deliberate and working toward living the lives they want. There's no woo in accomplishing this. If you've ever listened to any number of episodes of this podcast, you'll know I do my best to ground myself in pragmatism and skepticism. The secret is deciding what it is you want in this life, not wishing for it, but deciding what it's going to take to accomplish it and starting to work on it now. Busting your ass and removing the barriers to your success. Sometimes those barriers are self-doubt. Other times, they are people in your life who wish to hold you back. All of this is what makes this conversation with my guest today so special. Emma Holmes has a passion for creating and living life on purpose. Emma has been scratching since the year 2000 when she discovered she has a love for fresh scratching and funky hip-hop. After much time spent learning techniques and developing her flow, she found a way to break things down for anyone who wants to learn the art. She founded Studio Scratches in 2008 and opened School of Scratch in 2014. 
and is dedicated to assisting her students to become excellent at the art of scratching. School of Scratch is one of the world's leading online schools, and Emma has built a supportive community to help people learn how to scratch DJ, using a complete set of video tutorials which form her ultimate How to Scratch DJ course. Emma applies these same skills as a life coach, where she breaks things down for anyone who wants to learn how to create a more deliberate life. Emma shares a philosophy inspired by this quote by Henry David Thoreau, Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined. Emma's coaching clients describe her as calm, awesome, calm, kind, non-judgmental, and possessing an abundance of positive energy. If there's ever been a piece of you, a small spark of hope or desire that has wanted to demand better for yourself, Emma is living proof that it's possible. Please welcome my guest, the inspirational Emma Holmes. Hey, Trey. Hey, how are you? Super well. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How's how's your Monday going? It's uh, what time is it there? It's uh, two thirty p.m. Okay. So you're you're mid afternoon. Yeah. You're you're getting ready to kind of close out the day. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's good. Did you have a good weekend. Yeah, it was really good. Thanks. Did a lot of uh, skateboarding. Nice. And relaxing. So very nice. That's fantastic. Yeah, I follow you on Instagram, and I, I see all of your posts about skateboarding. My my experience with skateboarding ended it in around uh, third grade. I was skateboarding down a neighbor's driveway. I ran into a bike and I, I broke my wrist. And then I, I think I was done with skateboarding after that. So I applaud you for <laughs> being so active. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've definitely had uh, a broken foot. So I can sympathize, empathize with you. But um, yeah, the, the rush of it keeps me keeps me going back. I love it. That's fantastic. What so what type of skateboarding do you do? I mean, I, I saw you I think I saw you in a half pipe or, or something of the sort. I mean, what I don't know. Are there a bunch of different kinds of skateboarding? Yeah, there, there's kind of like um, street skating, which is like um, ollieing, which is jumping down steps, flipping the board, yeah. grinding rails, which I definitely don't do. <laughs> um, I was <laughs> It's really painful. I grew up skating what we call transition, which is another word for ramp. So like mini ramps, anything with the curves that you see people going up and down. Yeah. And most recently we've, um, I've been skating bowls, which is like a pool, which is where like the original skateboarding came from. So it's like a huge concrete bowl and you basically fly around the walls and go as high as you can, as fast as you can. so So you stick to them. That's so that's what I, that's my most favorite thing to do in terms of skateboarding. That's incredible. How, I mean, I, I know we are going to talk all about this, but you are, <laughs> you have to be one of the most, and I, I I don't want to toss this word around lightly and I know it feels cliche, but you're, you're one of the most extreme people I've had the opportunity to, to speak with. You know, I, I like to do, I like to rock climb, I like to mountain bike, but I mean, you take things to the next level, which I love. I mean, is that something that you've been doing since you were a kid? Is it something you kind of found in your adult life? How did that develop? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, I mean, I grew up on wheels basically since ever since I can remember Um, when I think I was like three or four, there's a picture of me with some roller skates on that are way too big for me with my dad. (laughs) 
um and he like he loved um racing bikes yeah and we would he would like put us on the back of the bikes so i've just grown up with that kind of motion and that fluidity and then the skateboarding really came from um my brother when he i think he was about six or seven he got a, a skateboard i wasn't really interested but you know a few months later i remember borrowing it and was just like hooked taught myself how to skateboard this really small little skinny plastic board and then that was like i guess early 80s mid 80s which is when the skateboarding like boom was really starting to happen over in yeah. the uk and from there it just kind of grew i got a proper skateboard yes so it went from there really so it's always been kind of part of my upbringing and you know growing up outside and just loving to do all things related to anything i guess extreme but it wasn't extreme for us because we were just kind of growing up you know step yeah. by step if that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. No, it's funny you say that. I don't know if yeah. you, you've seen it. We've got an American sitcom, or at least back in the '90s, called Step by Step, and it was about these this, these families growing up. So it's 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 a cool parallel. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. I've not heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's a. I, it was a great yeah. show. I'll need to go back and rewatch it. How um. In in I guess in relation to what you do now, how much of an influence do you think? your childhood and again i use this term loosely because i don't want to put judgment on it but you know the the risk taking that that you had growing up i mean how how much do you think that (laughs) early development played into you know what you do now and you do some incredible things now and i'm very excited to talk about it but i mean was that kind of a, a was that foundational for you i think what it did is it set this kind of love for living life to the to the max like without sounding cheesy but everything that i love to do yeah so when i kind of you know bumped into all right jobs earning money there was kind of a disconnect for me around how do these things coexist so really um you know i set out to create a life where i could do as much of what i love to do as possible which happens to be skateboarding, surfing, um, all that kind of stuff, and still have my own business or something where I'm not just, you know, nine to five office or nine to eight office, you know, commuting, freedom to travel. So it's it's really, you know, because I enjoyed it so much as a kid and we got to do so much of that stuff. And it was such a big influence on my childhood. Yeah, um, yeah it kind of went from there. I love what you said. I, I'm having more and more of these conversations where the entrepreneurs that I speak with, they are doing what they enjoy doing or what they love doing because it gives them the freedom and the flexibility to do what they love outside of work. And that, that, is, that is why I started my business, because I love spending time outside. I love being active. I love doing the things I, I, I mentioned a moment ago. And I, I, to me, prior to going off on my own as an entrepreneur, I, I think I always had the, the expectation or the want to you know, be a, a tech founder, a billionaire who works 90 hours a week 
And that's that's not what I want. I, when I finally went off on my own, I realized that's not what I want. I want to have the freedom and the flexibility to do the things that I actually actually enjoy outside of that. And that has been, I think that I don't know. I I'm, I'm close to it, but it feels like there's a shift in mentality for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. for me, and that's very empowering. And I think as more people realize that they can they can actually love their life, you know, prior to retiring, that's that's yes. so important. <laughs> Absolutely. It does feel like retirement sometimes and kind of work and living are all blended into one, which might for some people sound like a boundary nightmare. But for (laughs) me, it's just kind of living and creating. And, you know, people are literally talking to me at the skate park about coaching, which is something I do, um, you know, for life and business. And some days I'm like stood there thinking I'm doing what I love outside and I'm talking to people about how they can, you know, create what they want in their lives. It's like, I'm, I'm actually living the dream, you know? Yeah. So I'm very appreciative and I love to help other people see new possibilities that they might not have considered. So I like to embody that and just be an example and hopefully inspire people. Yes. That's amazing. Um, I want to ask you about that. Yeah, and I, I'm sure this will tie into your coaching. Yeah, sure. When, so, you, uh, you know, I, I, it's no secret. I, I have my guests fill out a questionnaire ahead of time so we can have some talking points. And you mentioned that your greatest hurdle was self-judgment. And I, I, I want to, you know, break that apart a little bit. But, you know, the first, yeah. the first thing I want to ask you, because this is something that I feel, and this is, I don't want this to sound conceited because it, it, it certainly can do so if I don't ask this properly, which I may not. <laughs> I, um, okay. Do you ever feel... Like you don't deserve the happiness that you have from being so free and having, you know, the flexibility to do the things that you enjoy, but at the same time, make money doing work that you actually love. I find myself caught in that trap from time to time. And it's, it's certainly, I have to adjust my mindset when I do feel that way. And so, I mean, I'm curious if that self-judgment plays into that or if that's just not a, a factor for you. Yeah. You said if I feel I deserve it or don't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's more that I sometimes feel this kind of guilt that I get to (laughs) just take time off whenever I want and hang out at the skate park when, you know, my friends, you know, family are working really hard. Not that I don't work hard, but then I have to remind myself that that's, you know, not to compare myself. So it's a comparison thing. So yeah, and which is all basically a form of judgment. So it's, you know, to become more comfortable with who I am, what I'm up to. Yeah. Because the better I, the better I am with myself and the kinder I am to myself, the more I can actually be there for or with other people and help them make a change or shift, you know? Does that yeah. make sense? It makes perfect sense. No, yeah. So... Uh... I like that. that's the main one for me with that. Yeah, that that makes wonderful sense. And you mentioned the C word, which is not you know as vulgar as I make it sound, but comparison. And I was recently yeah. turned on to a quote uh, from a prior guest, Jason Cutter. Uh, his book mentioned this quote from Teddy Roosevelt: "Comparison is the thief of joy." And it seems obvious on the surface, but when you really, really, you know, think about it and boil it down and we just think about social media and how people are always trying to create this, this sense of envy uh, uh, about their lives. And 
it really can suck the joy out of you if you are always constantly pitting yourself against others. And as an example, you know, this, this podcast, I, I see all these incredible podcasters doing amazing things with thousands of reviews. And I, I, I think about, you know, what is wrong with me? You know, why am I not growing as quickly as I'd like to? And it's just, it's that mind trap that I, I get sucked into all of the time. And it's so easy to find yourself in a, in a dark place if you let comparison overcome you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite quotes, actually. It's it's wonderful. I mean, it's it's so. It, I mean, it's you know, it's uh, six words, and it's just it's just it's poignant. I mean, it, it really hits yeah. hard. And also, you know, everyone's lives are so different, and who you're reaching, you don't know the impact that you've had. You know, followers is such a. You know, I've learned over the over the course of the years that the numbers don't so much mean what we think they might mean. Right. You know, and reaching that one one or two people or three people maybe just one person that really needed to hear, hear what you've said or who you've interviewed. It's like, you, you, there is no comparison. You can't compare yourself against anyone. There's only one you, yeah. there's only one mosaic life podcast, you know, no one can replicate what you do. And I have to remind myself of that too. You know, uh, so yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so we met because of Gary Mahler, who is one of <laughs> the most, I, I don't know how to put Gary Mahler into words. And I, I, I perhaps would be doing a disservice by trying to do so. And I can only recommend you listen to the episode in which I, I spoke with him. He just, he makes you feel like you are the most important person in the world while at the same time holding himself to such a high standard that it's, it's, it feels irreplicable. I mean, it feels like you are given this gift when you're talk when you're talking with him, and, and it feels so amazing. And I so I, I of course thank him for introducing the two of us. And I, I just what has I, give me some context. How how did you meet Gary? What have the what's been some of the work you've done with him? What's been your experience with talking to him and working with him? Oh my gosh, you need about uh, three days to tell you all of this. <laughs> Well, you have, you have about 45 more minutes, so go yeah. ahead. Um, very briefly, I met, um, I hired a coach to help me in my business in 2015. She introduced me to Gary. Um, uh, but she told me basically that he was a surfer, lived in Vancouver, goes to Hawaii, runs an online, need, not, sorry, not an online retreat, uh, a leadership retreat in Malibu in California. Yeah. She's like, you got, you got to meet him. I was like, man, I would love to. So jumped on the call with Gary. As you know, you've experienced him. I was just kind of blown away with who he is and the space he held for me. And really he represented everything. How he was living his life was exactly how I wanted to live my life. It yeah. kind of reminded me of the dream I had to go and surf in Hawaii that had somehow got buried over the years. Um, so a year later, I actually ended up going on his retreat with his partner, Karen Perry in Malibu. Um, it was an amazing experience. I actually went for a month uh, just to give myself some time there. I've always had a love affair with California. Yeah. And then at the end of the um, retreat, I remember just so clearly thinking, I want to be Gary's apprentice for coaching. 
I wasn't sure if he did that, um, plucked up the courage to ask him and he said he'd had similar thoughts and we worked it out and I ended up hiring him in 2017 and I've just rehired him again for another year. So yeah, quite a few years of work together. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And the work we've been doing really is, you know, obviously there's the external things we all hope and dream for, you know, for me, being in Hawaii, traveling, surfing, coaching clients, all of that stuff is important. But the bulk of my work with Gary has been who am I being and how am I being with myself? So all of the things we've mentioned about self-judgment, who I think I am or who I think I am not, yeah. that stops me from creating what I want or stops me from taking action. So it's really, you know, a lot of inner work that, you wouldn't kind of see externally except through the results that that change in my being actually creates. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know it's hard to boil that down. I mean, this has taken you years, but when you talk about inner work and you talk about showing up for yourself, I mean, what has been some of the work that you've you've done with Gary and subsequently with yourself to 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 get here. I mean, obviously it's a lot of mindset, but I mean, when it to, to these practices to actually allow yourself to be in this position to not only live your best life but help others live theirs as well. This is this is something that's a, a daily practice, and so I, I I mean I'm just curious what that looks like for you personally. Yeah, so I mean, the the context of the work is really I bring my whole life to our coaching conversations. So whatever's going on my work, God, yeah, excuse me, whatever is going on in my world is the kind of context and the, the agenda for that call. So it's kind of like anything that I feel off about or that is kind of that I feel thrown off with, we'll look at, we'll kind of pick apart. Um so most of the time it comes down to how I'm being with myself, thoughts, beliefs, judgments of myself, judgments of others. And then we sit and talk about it and kind of pull it apart and kind of resets me back to zero. If that makes sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. And I have to imagine yeah. there's a, a lot of vulnerability in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd already done two years of coaching with another coach before Gary, but it kind of went up another level but he's so loving and present and generous that it's kind of safe to bring anything yeah. to the call you know so yeah that's kind of without like going into like details that's sure. kind of like the broad overview yeah. and actually the way that he sees me because of the work he's done on himself if you listen back to his call I'm sure he talks about that but he would he saw me initially as Queen Emma. And then the work became, wow, if I could see myself as that, what yeah. would that make possible? Absolutely. And he, he saw that in me way before I could see that. At first, it was kind of uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? Queen Emma, okay. So that, I mean, that's a whole story around the creation of Queen Emma, but now that is the place that I live from when I'm, doing or creating anything yeah to come from that place rather than you know who i think i am or am not 
that's a hindrance. And I forget, right? It's a daily practice. So it's that coming back home. Most of my work is remembering who the truth of who I really am. Yeah. Well, that's a valuable lesson in that it's, it can be so difficult to remember that people see us differently than we see ourselves. And that's a, that's a good thing. Generally, I, people see, I think our potential more than we see in ourselves when we look in the mirrors. And when it, when it comes to Queen Emma, Gary obviously saw something extremely valuable in you that you weren't yet able to see. And he is so well trained and yourself, of course, as well to, to pull that out of people. And I, I think if we could do that, not only for other people, but for ourselves, we would be such, we'd be so much happier. We'd be so much more productive. We'd be such a more kind and loving race. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason Gary can do that is because of he's so okay and at home with himself, as you've yeah. experienced that, you know, when you can be that with yourself, you see things in other people that they can't see and, and call them out of them, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just, I mean, that's been the biggest gift from both um, Gary and also I hired his business partner, Karen. And between them, it's like the ultimate coaching dream team. Yeah. It's been amazing. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. And, so, an, and an investment as well, you know, it's yeah. not, it is an investment, but it's, you know, when you can say to yourself, no, I'm worth that. I'm going to invest in myself. Yes, I pay them, but it's actually an investment in me and it's what's made everything that I've created possible. I, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without their help. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned, you've mentioned a couple of times uh, when we spoke previously, and I, I think in, in the questionnaire talking about being deliberate, what does that mean to you? Yeah. It means choosing what you want and being deliberate, taking deliberate action, small steps to create what it is you want. So intentional living, conscious choice, uh, moving forward one step at a time. It actually came from, I've got it here actually, let me look. I saw a poster my dad had and it said, life is a limited time offer, live deliberately, ride frequently yeah and i just thought that was why wow, deliberately be deliberate and then um i was inspired by the quote by henry david thoreau which yeah. is go confidently in the direction of your dreams live the life you imagine and to me that just sums up being deliberate you know actually living the life you imagine because the dream part is kind of easy ish right. you know right. to dream about what you want but actually then living those steps any way you can right now. Um, so that's how the kind of be deliberate philosophy was created to help people move forward. Yeah, I, 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 I love that. Um, I'm thinking back on, I guess, my transitional period between dreaming and actually being deliberate with how I want to accomplish that dream. And I think a lot of people, I think I, 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 I love and respect people who dream. I think it's fantastic, phenomenal. But I think so many people are scared to take the first step into that, that, into that action 
to actually accomplishing their dreams. And I don't know if it's overwhelming. I don't know if it's just uh, self-doubt and saying, oh, this is just a dream. I'm never going to accomplish it. But when you talk with somebody who has who has expressed their dreams, but they don't feel like they deserve to to live them, how, how do you help them through that? How do you help them take that that first leap toward accomplishing them? Yeah, I think for me, it's leaning into the feeling of what is it, what is it you want? What would that feel like? And once they've got that kind of sense, then breaking it down into, okay, what, what one small thing could you do today? Even if that's, well, I'm going to write a list of possible actions. Yeah. Or even just like, being still and quiet and getting the feeling of just imagine what that feeling would be like when you've created what it is you want and then letting the ideas come, you know, I don't have like a prescription or, Oh, you should do this, 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 you know, no, I don't know. I didn't know how to create what I wanted, but letting it come in that peace and quiet, the little ideas would come. I could do that. So it's opening, opening them up to that possibility. And then, Sometimes it's very obvious that something in their thinking is in the way of what they want or what they think they can do. So I would work with them to kind of break that down, dissolve it, so they're free to take the next action. That's fantastic. Um, So I want to talk a little bit more about how you started taking those actions. And I I, I absolutely want to talk more about uh, your DJ school because that's absolutely fascinating to me. But I, I think you said you launched it in 2014. So prior to that, which I, I think you said you you know you had worked other jobs. You know what mm-hmm. what were you doing? That's you know were you stuck in that nine to five and you finally realized that you needed to take action to <laughs> to launch you know the business of your dreams or what what did that what did that process look for you look like for you? Yeah, it was very clear. Um, As soon as I graduated college, I got my job back that I had on my placement year as part of my course for a company in London designing e-learning programs. So kind of like coding, a bit of graphics. Um, And it was, it was well paid. I was doing good, but I was like, man, I I don't know what I'm doing. That's got to be more than you know, what I'm doing, I'm, you know, working nine to five. Um, but at the same time, exploring my DJing, you know, skating, surfing, yeah. BMXing, all of that stuff. And um, I'd, I think it was in like the year 2000, I'd find in Surfer magazine, there was this advert for Pascowitz Surf Camp in California. And they were advertising for camp counselors to go and work for yeah. a summer. And it just, I'd had that for like three years and I just thought, no, I really, really want to do that. Like the call of it and the pull of it and the pull of my dreams was so huge that I just couldn't ignore it. So I plucked up the courage to ask my um, job if I could have two months unpaid leave in the summer. Um, Applied to work on this surf camp. They said, yeah. And so I went over to California um, for August in two, I think it was 2003 um, and just had the time of my life like living my dream so that was that was one way I could see that I could live my dream like right now yeah um, 
and it was amazing. I mean, you can imagine California, sunshine, good waves. Um, And then I came back and I think it was like two months later or a month later, I just quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like that's enough. And I got, um, I decided to retrain and do something completely different just to switch things up because it kind of gave me this taste for life. Um, And I enrolled on a college course to become a massage therapist. And I just worked like odd jobs that didn't require too much brain power. So I worked in like a factory. I worked as a postwoman on a bike, which is quite fun. Um, (laughs) And then I think the turning point for me was I fell into doing some graphic design work using the skills I'd built up in college. Yeah. And the pe- the guy I was working with was um, very much into entrepreneurship and started to open my mind. He kind of mentored me. Um, and I started to read more books and think about, oh, okay, like how could I create what I want? Because I was doing freelance work then, which was, to me, it was better than, you know, doing a steady job because I could be a bit more flexible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then from there I had, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I read a book called The Four Hour The Four Hour Work Week yeah. by Tim Ferriss. Absolutely. And it wasn't so much about the four hours work, it was more about, you know, his thing was what that makes possible for you to go and live and do whatever you want. That's the part that just kind of gave me hope. Yeah. Because it was different for my my, you know, my parents' generation. They, you know, my dad worked for like, 40 plus years in the same job and the world was changing at this time you know people weren't doing that anymore so I saw a opportunity to do something different which suited me so that's kind of how it started to that's how the ball started rolling and that was around I think 2007 I love um, yeah yeah well first of all I it's it, we seem to have similar paths because when I I, I call it my my spiritual awakening is when I, I, I realized that I, I could demand better for myself. And it started with yeah. that book. It started with a four hour work week. And oh, really? it, it did. It did. And, you know, anybody yeah. who knows anything about Tim Ferriss knows that he doesn't work four hours a week. He works much more than that. But he does the things that he loves to do because of the systems and the foundations that he's put in place in his life and in his work. And that's that's so extremely valuable and when you yeah when you talk about the way your your dad grew up uh in in his work it reminds me of a conversation i had recently and i don't know if this resonates with you because obviously you're not in america but you know you've got the idea of the american dream does does that Mm -hmm. does that have any weight over uh where you are um I don't think so. And that's fine. Yeah. But I've always been very drawn to that American dream myself and just the whole fascinated with America, you know, grew up watching movies, TV programs that, you know, it just made sense to me. And also my granddad was a world traveler. So he experienced so much of the world and I just, you know, wanted to experience that too and it seemed to be tied into well you know money for traveling yeah. you need to create something but it's not you know that's why I hired a coach in 2015 because I 
reached like the upper limit of what I felt I could do by myself. I didn't have anyone I could talk to or ask, what do I do next? Like, because it it wasn't really a thing, especially in the town where I'm, where I was living, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. I, I actually, that's, that provides a little bit of clarity for me because when, when I, as you know, somebody who was born and raised and lived in America my entire life, when I think of the American dream, I think of, you know, making six figures, buying a house, picket fence, having two and a half kids or whatever the average is now, and just, you know, working my ass off until the day I can retire and then enjoy life for a few years before I die. And that's, that mm-hmm. is to me, the American dream as an American. And I, I, I guess oh, okay. I, it, it makes sense, you know, as somebody who's not American, the American dream would be, you know, coming over here and building a life. And that, to, I, that, that's a good, a good distinction. I, I hadn't thought of, you know, there being two interpretations of that, but regardless, I was having a conversation with somebody recently and he very aptly said, the American dream is changing. It's evolving. And that, that makes perfect sense to me because we don't need to want the same things that our parents did. And it's, it's wonderful that they were able to make it the way they did, but we can't make it the same way as we used to. And mm-hmm. to us, to our generation, we need fulfillment that we need to know that we're doing good and that we're doing the best for ourselves. And that's, that's so extremely important. And when you talk about, you know, having a taste for life and you, to get to the point where you are now having to work odd jobs or to, to freelance. When I first went off on my own, I had a couple, you know, small part-time jobs to, you know, supplement my income. And there was this stigma that I, I personally held over myself. Like, what am I doing? Like, why, why I don't have, you know, a full-time job. I don't, I'm not making, you know, all this money to, to be able to support myself. And it took me a long time to realize that that's okay. That's okay because I'm doing the things that I need to do so I can build a life for myself. And I, it's, I think there's, there's that, I I do think there's a stigma with, you know, not having the expect or not fulfilling the expectation that we go to college, we get a job, we work there for 40, 50 years and then we're retired. It's just, it's just different now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I did did the whole college thing university got the job had the money and it was like oh man i just feel so miserable (laughs) you know what i i couldn't see it was so uncertain what what this was going to pan out like which is when i decided to just you know explore my own path and it wasn't easy to like go against you know what everyone else was doing but that's kind of the surf skate way anyway so it kind of worked out in my favor to just go for it you know and full respect and love to my parents that you know did that because it was such an investment so we could kind of evolve to the next you know experience that that they wanted us to have and they've been super supportive so yeah absolutely absolutely so talk to me more about your work now because I I don't want to gloss over it I mean you 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 have the the school of scratch which is the coolest company name for one thing that I've ever heard of. But I mean, talk to me about how you got into to DJing and, and, you know, teaching scratching. And I'm, I'm probably not even saying that right, but, you know, just talk to me more about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've got it right. Um, so DJing for me, I've always been into music growing up as a kid. Like I played guitar, um, 
my dad played guitar, just loved music, always listening to music. But when I was at college, um, my housemates were uh, DJing house music at the time. And it just, the whole thing just fascinated me how you could, you know, play music all night and have it blend into one thing and entertain people and everyone's dancing. So it was just like, like fascination point for me. And I would have a go on my friend's turntables. I think this was like between uh, 96 and the year 2000 at college. Um, and eventually I ended up getting my own turntables, buying some vinyl. Um, at the time I started off mixing house records, then drum and bass. Then I started getting into hip hop. And my brother, who's two years younger than me, at the same time, he'd got turntables and I visited him um, on a break and he was had his turntables set up in our kitchen. I remember it like super clear. And he put on some hip hop and said, Em, watch this. And he just started scratching. Yeah. And I was just like completely mesmerized. Like, what is that? I don't know what you're doing. I want to do that. And it was such a clear like, light bulb moment that that it just sparked something in me I think the rhythms I wanted to be a drummer as a kid but never really got into that because we didn't have a space for a drum kit I didn't even think I told my parents that I wanted to be a drummer but it all kind of linked in I loved the music so that kind of set me off on a path um you know from like 2000 to 2004 really just practicing this craft which was you know before youtube you'd learn bits from djs you met in person it was kind of secretive uh there'd be like the odd thing on a dvd or vhs video and so i really became uh good at this craft developed my skills and then once youtube came out i was starting to kind of put my it's called freestyle scratching when you just put on some music and then you know, scratch the record backwards and forwards. Yeah. It's like a freestyle scratch, like a performance. And I would put them on YouTube. Um, and then the turning, how I got into teaching was completely by accident. Um, one of my DJ friends asked me to make a tutorial for um, one of his students because on the mixer, which is the part with the crossfader, which right. selects which record is playing, that turns the sound off and on. I actually scratch with my crossfader reversed. It's just a style of DJing. Okay. And he, his student was a reverse scratch DJ too. And he said, can you make him a tutorial? Cause I can't teach that that way around. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And all of a sudden my YouTube just started getting loads of hits for this tutorial. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, Hmm. Well, I, you know, my dream was kind of evolving from I want to be a professional DJ in clubs to, you know, I don't really like late nights. I like being up early, surfing, yes. all of that stuff. Maybe I can create something with DJing. So it kind of, once I read the four hour work week, I started to explore could I create something around DJing that would help people that could be my business? Yeah. Um, and then, so that was 2007, and it took me like those seven years of exploring, experimenting. I went back to, I stopped freelancing and went to work at the Apple store, the retail store selling Macs and iPhones and all of that stuff, which was really good for 
learning to talk to people Absolutely. and find out what people need, want, you know, create relationships. And then all the while along the side, I was investing in how do I create this business? How do I create the school? How do I video things? And it was just this, I got to this point, I think it was 2013. And I was like, if I don't do this, I don't know how it's going to work out. But if I don't do it, I know I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Let me just build the thing, see what happens. Yes. So yeah, I launched it in 2014. And I heard Richard Branson say, just make enough money to make the next record. He was talking about Virgin Records. Yeah. So that month, I made enough money to cover everything. And then it just carried on. And that's what nearly seven years ago. That's kind of the rough the rough overview of how I did it. That's amazing. Thank um, you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, can, I really can't overstate that. I mean, the, <laughs> the, 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 especially that last point about, you know, what Richard Branson said. I mean, it's a lot of times as an entrepreneur, whether or not you're, you're scratching or, you know, building websites in my case, it's, it's making sure that you have enough money this month to be able to do what you're doing now next month. And that's, it's 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 thrilling, but it's also a little bit scary. But at this, but at the very least, you are doing what you're meant to do, and that's that's so incredibly powerful. Um, now, when you when you, so one of the last, I, I say this very loosely because I, I say this all the time about myself. But one of the last quote unquote <laughs> real jobs that you had was you know helping develop courses, right? I mean, so that you had that background and, and developing, you know, the, these, these videos and these tutorials. So did I understand that incorrectly? Uh, yeah, that was, um, more like coding, but everything that I needed to build school of scratch definitely came from, you know, my university course, knowing how to code websites a little bit, but yeah. more knowing how to, how to know how to find out how to do something. So I became very good at researching, how do I do this and find out, teach myself. Um, and then the, yeah, the last job I had was, um, in the Apple store, which was amazing for, you know, connection with people, yeah. skills, you know, learning how to listen, all of that stuff. So it, everything absolutely tied in to give me what I needed to create this, this online school. Yeah. I like what you said there because I, I I like having this conversation talking about listening as a skill because I don't think a lot of people do that. I think people will have a conversation with the intent of responding or reacting as opposed to actually listening and having a, a empathetic conversation with somebody. I mean that's mm -hmm. this 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 very podcast has taught me so many life lessons in in doing that. That's why I don't like to prepare questions ahead of time. I like to have an actual in-depth conversation based on the, the content, the criteria of my guest. And so that's so important to me. And I have to imagine that's such a, a foundational aspect of your coaching as well. Yeah, absolutely everything. Apple gave me so much just, you know, that they've got a very in-depth training program that I can't talk about because it's all confidential, yeah. but it just taught me how to, you know, be open with people, listen, um, and it really made a difference to my work there because I, you know, it was actually a sales position, which if, you know, I hated sales, I wouldn't call myself a salesperson, but you know, if you've ever been into an Apple store, you may have experienced how they welcome you. To yeah. me, it wasn't sales. It was just right. talking to people. So I was like, oh, I can do this. 
and actually ended up becoming, you know, one of the top performers in our region, just because I followed their program of this is how you connect with people. And it was very, it seemed very methodical that, you know, it might be uncomfortable for some people, but I just made it my own and just the natural love of, you know, connecting with people, I just find it super helpful and super easy in them to translate to coaching. You know, if I'm talking, that's me. What I really want to be doing is listening yeah. to that person on so many different levels, not just what they're saying, but, you know, what else might be going on that they're not saying, you know, yeah. kind of getting a sense for, for what's going on. So, yeah, Steve, um, Steve Chandler, who was Gary's coach, actually said to me, wait, why am I talking? So I have that like stuck on my computer when I'm talking to people to remind me sometimes, you know, just listen, hold a space for people, let them hear what they're saying. Because often they've never said what they're saying to anybody yeah. else or, or out loud to themselves, you know, and they get to hear it. And just that alone can be a huge gift. Absolutely. I just wrote so, that down because I had never yeah. heard of that before. I like that a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's great. Steve's great. Yeah. There's um, there's an old Stoic quote, and I, I can't remember who's, who it's attributed to. Um, I will put it in the show notes. But I, I like to live in that very philosophy. I, I only speak when I know what I'm going to say isn't better left unsaid. And that's that has been that's been extremely important for me to not say one stupid things and to knowing <laughs> that I'm providing a thoughtful response to somebody. Um, I, I just, Beautiful. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, you know, when I, when I do that, when I have that philosophy, a lot of times people will mistake you for being quiet or being closed off, but I, I just, I want to make sure that what I'm going to say is going to provide value to a conversation and not detract from it. And that's, that's, to me, that has helped my own personal mindset so much because I don't jump to, I don't jump to a quick reaction. I don't have to, you know, automatically place judgment on what I'm going to say or what somebody has already said. And so it's, it's been very moving for me. Absolutely. And I've got to actually acknowledge you because the way that you are conducting this interview and your presence and the whole way you prepared and made me feel, you know, comfortable and it's just very open and welcoming. So absolutely, you you embody that 100%. So thank you. Well, well I appreciate you saying that. Thank you for, for showing up to, <laughs> to do this with me. It means the, it means the world. Um, absolutely. It's, it's uh, good fun. Good, good. So I, I want to ask this question. And I, 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 Skrillex, is it good or bad? I mean, is he, is he just so popularized that he, if you like him as a DJ, then you just, you, you're, you're uh, a poser. I, I don't know. That's not, nobody uses that word anymore. But. Um, do you know what? I don't actually follow him. The only thing I've seen or heard of his is a track he did with, I think, Justin Bieber which, you know, I'm coming from like underground hip hop right. type of music. What I do is very niche. So I don't, you know, I know who he is, but I couldn't, I don't know. Okay. All right. That's fair. I, <laughs> I like the one song he did. It was really amazing. Yeah. But then, you know, as a hip hop DJ, I'm not supposed to like Bieber, but right. I do, you know, so it's fine. So yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right. He's, that's fair. That's is, fair. 
I, I can just picture his, his haircut. I don't know. I'm sure he's good at what he does. I, I, I'm not well versed enough in, in that type no, of music know. To, to, to know if he, I mean, yeah, he's, he's obviously talented, but I mean, I don't know. I just, I know there, there are, there has to be people who are doing what you're doing and just say, Hey, he's, he's so mainstream that like, why are you even listening to him? Right. Yeah. I guess, um, I don't know. I've not bumped into that. And again, I guess it comes to like the judgment thing. It's yeah. like, he's doing his thing, man. Like more, more power, you know, Absolutely. I'm going to look him up after and just tell you <laughs> what I think. <laughs> okay. All right. Please do. And actually now that we're, talk we're talking about music, I, I, I do. Well, I, I guess I should ask the question first. Is there a particular video of you scratching that you would recommend people watch because I, I will embed it uh, on the show notes if, if you allow me to oh, yeah. um, and just talk a little bit about that. I mean, obviously, at least to me, I'm not a musician whatsoever. I've tried to learn to play guitar like a hundred times. It's never stuck. Um, so I, I, I'm completely ignorant to how music is, is made, but is there a, a track or is there something that you're particularly proud of that you would like to share with uh, the audience that, that uh, you want to talk about? Um, I'm thinking I did this project called the hundred day, the hundred day project. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. I think I saw you post about it on Instagram or I might be mistaken. Yeah. Um, so it's nothing to do with scratching, but the idea was every day for a hundred days, you create something yeah. and it was really designed, you know, for people that do painting, photography, drawing, something you can create, and put it on Instagram and there's a big community all following each other. That's great. So I decided to do it. Yeah. I decided to do it with scratching. Um, so that's probably that project. I've got it all in one video. I can send you that because Please. it's got a hundred days of me doing scratching, but it's only like 15 second clips. Cause when I first started the project, I think it was, 2015 yeah instagram only let you post 15 seconds of video yeah which is actually great so that will give people like a taste of all different styles of music and just kind of an overview of what scratching is it's very rhythmical it's kind of like percussion yeah and i use all different kinds of music mostly like hip-hop funk that kind of thing but that would probably be like the best okay introduction to what to what it is, to what scratching is and what it sounds like. That's perfect. Yeah. I would be more than happy to put that in the show. And it's not, and I'm, I, I do want to ask, I mean, obviously you're an expert at what you do, but it, in doing that consistently for a hundred days in a row, did you learn anything new? I mean, I, obviously we're always learning. And so I'm curious what that, that consistency did for you. Yeah. What, it took me longer than a hundred days. I gotta be honest. Yeah. Um, Cause I would miss days and then, but the whole point is just to keep going, not like stop the project. So right. I think it took me six months in the end rather than I think, you know, just over three, but what it taught me was more about the creative process and the power of showing up. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like it and just to, you know, put on some music that you like play around, don't judge it wasn't about making it good. It was just about getting it done. Um, and actually the, what I, the main thing I learned from the project was it was what it made possible for me. So I ended up, you know, I was just doing it just for something to do to just spark creativity, mm -hmm. but I ended up being interviewed by Instagram music 
I got work from two top DJ companies that, you know, played into me traveling to America to, to work with Gary and Karen on their retreat. So it was just, yeah, that wasn't my intention, but just by showing up, being me, putting my flavor of creativity into the world, people saw it and were like, Hey, we see you, we want you to do stuff. And I was like, cool. You know? So that was completely unexpected. Yeah. So, you know, to sum up the power of, even if you don't know what you're doing or you don't have a, you know, plan just by showing up, putting your work out there, letting yourself be seen, all kinds of stuff can happen that you can't even imagine. Yes. You know? Yeah. And now my students do that project and the doors that it's opening for them is like, we've got a hundred days of scratching as our own little subsection of the project, you know? So it's the ripple effect has been beyond what I could imagine. That's incredible. That's thank you. Absolutely incredible. And it really drive. I mean, you, you said it, the, the consistency drive drives it home. And I mean, it is, the consistency is the key. It allows you to not only get better, but to continue to to learn that you can continue showing up for yourself, not only when it's hard, but especially when it's hard, because it's not going to be easy. And there are going yeah. to be there's there there are going to be sessions, if that's what you want to call it. There's going to be episodes. There's going to be days of writing. No, no, whatever you're creating, there are going to be days and particular things that you don't feel particularly good at, but you're going to put, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to do it anyway. You're going to publish because that is part of showing up for yourself. That's part of the learning process. And what you're doing is incredible, Emma. And I, I cannot thank you enough for that. Oh my gosh. It's a pleasure to share. And, you know, hopefully someone else will hear this and it will spark something for them. So it's a pleasure to share. Absolutely. Well, thank thank you. you. Absolutely. Well, I have a couple questions uh, before we wrap up here, and the first of which, I always, I always want to make sure that this podcast is as beneficial for my guests as it is for me to have these conversations. And so, I always like to ask if there is a resource out in the world, or if there's somebody out in the world who can help you. What is it that you're looking for? to continue growing, to continue getting better? And how might somebody be able to to help you with that? Mm, I love that question. Thank you for asking. For me, what I'm working on is expanding my coaching practice. And, you know, my intention is always to become better at coaching. So, I mean, I've got my own amazing coaches and I'd say, if there is anyone listening to this that they've it sparked something for them and they'd like to have a conversation, they can contact me. Or if they, you know, they think someone else that they know might benefit from hearing this or want to talk to me to allow me to serve them in some way, that's that would be amazing. I'm open to open to that. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Thank you. Absolutely. And then next, I know we already talked about one of these books, so I I I know you have two. If there is a book that you could credit with just having such a profound impact in your life, what would that book be and how has it changed your life? Yeah, I'd have to go back to, I think it was around the year 2000, and it was The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. Yeah. Really, the part about, I think he says, the law of intention and desire 
and the law of least effort, which really opened me up to this way of creating, which is oh, I don't have to do lots of physical, hard manual work. Yeah. There's a whole other side to this, you know, call it the spiritual side, the unseen forces at play that if I align myself with that, things get created without me being forceful or trying to make things happen. So that's really what set me off on this path of, you know, creating what I want to create by being in line with like the natural, natural laws of creation. Absolutely. So yeah, I love game changer for me. I love when books show up in our lives at the, at the right time. It, if you can think back and just, you know, think about when you read a book and say, wow, that's, that was really a pivotal moment in my life. It's, it really speaks to the power of that medium. And I, I, I love that. Absolutely. I remember, um, one of my skate skater friends at the time was, he said, Oh, you know, you can manifest things. And I was, I thought, what are you talking about? I have no idea. It's like, read this book. I was like, okay, read it and just, yeah, blew my mind open. That was really the start of everything. That's great. I have never. And now it's kind of come full circle with the other yeah. books I've read, but that was the first one I read that, yeah, opened the door. Uh, I yeah, I, I have never read anything by Deepak Chopra, but I, I've heard wonderful things ab- ab- about obviously his work, and yeah, I, I I fully intend to. So I appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. Pleasure. And then last but not least, this is a relatively new question, but you know, the people I speak with have generally a great answer for this. And so I, I, I'm always curious if you had a personal call to action, whether or not it's, you know, a, a personal affirmation or it's a, a call to action that you share with your clients, what would that be? Yeah, it's got to be go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you imagine, be deliberate. I love that. I love that. Emma, thank you so, so much for doing this with me. It's, it's, it's no wonder this was such a great conversation. You and Gary are, are two amazingly gifted and caring and empathetic human beings. So I, I cannot thank you enough. If people would like to get a hold of you, if they would like to learn more, what is the best way for, for people to connect with you? Oh my gosh. Thank you, Trey, for having me. Um, the best way is probably to get me on Instagram. So I can send you the link if you prefer, or should I uh, spell it out for you? Yeah, you can, you can spell it out here. I will also put in the show yeah. notes. Okay. So my Instagram is Emma Holmes, but it's spelled with a Z. So it's Emma, H-O-L-M-E-Z. So Instagram's like my main place. I connect with people. You can direct message me. Um, or my main website is emmaholmescoaching.com. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Emma, again, thank you so much. I, I, I truly appreciate, I, I can't express how much I appreciate this, and I look forward to being able to talk with you again soon. Oh, my gosh. Trey, thank you for being an amazing podcast host. This was amazing to connect with you. Thanks for the space you hold and for the work that you're doing with all of these people. It's amazing. Thank you so much. One more time, I would like to extend a huge thank you to Emma for joining me on the Mosaic Life podcast. 
I would highly encourage you to check out the show notes for this episode. I've included links to some of Emma's scratching work, which is absolutely incredible. You can find those in your podcast player or at the mosaiclifepodcast.com. And while you're there, please make sure you check out Emma's various links. She's got a few websites and social media handles at which you can connect with her. And as always, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this. It means the world to me, and it gives me confidence that there are people out there who are doing the very best to demand the best for themselves. If there's ever anything I can do to help you in designing the life that you want, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Even if there's nothing that I can do directly, I would be more than happy to connect you with some of the amazing guests who have been here, who have done everything in their power to design the lives they've always imagined. If you would like more Mosaic Life podcast in your life, please follow me on Instagram at Trey Kaufman. You can sign up for the email newsletter at themosaiclifepodcast.com. And if you'd like to show your support for this podcast, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That goes a long way in helping others just like yourselves discover the content and conversations had here. Thank you all again so incredibly much. And until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.